stress with self-guided energy practices. Interview with Lisa Erickson. Do you feel stressed or overwhelmed due to past trauma or the stage of life you're going through? Especially if you're a woman, you may find your energy being stuck because of those things. Would you like to learn some energy practices that you could do on your own? so you can allow the energy to flow smoothly through your body. Our guest today, Lisa Erickson, will share her personal story of how she went from through crisis and using energy practices helped herself and now helping a lot of her clients overcome stress, heal from trauma, and function at their best. You can also do that. You are watching Happy and Healthy Mind program, episode 111, so 111. Good job. Thank you for following us. Our guest today is Lisa Erickson. Thank you, Lisa, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. I'm really glad to be here. She is, uh, Lisa is an energy worker and meditation teacher specializing in women's energetics and sexual trauma healing. She's the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women, published by Lovellyn Worldwide. Lisa is certified in mindfulness meditation instruction and trauma sensitivity and has trained in a variety of energy healing and somatic modalities. She's a member of the Breathe Network, a nonprofit supporting trauma-informed holistic healing for sexual trauma survivors. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help compassionate high achievers achieve more, earn more, and make the impact they're meant to make without burnout and without losing their health or career. I'm an executive coach, a corporate speaker, and an integrative psychiatrist. If you are joining us live, you can put the questions in the chat and I'll try to answer as best as we can. So before we jump into a topic, Lisa, can you share how did this topic become important in your life? What was happening in your life before you started applying some of the tools you're going to teach us today? Yeah. Well, over 30 years ago now, I was actually just out of college and working in New York City within the technical field. I started out in uh, computer science, believe right. it or not, long ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I liked what I was doing, but I began experiencing uh, intense stomach aches mm. and headaches at different times. And I went through the doctors and they just really couldn't find anything wrong. And at that point, eventually I had one say to me, this is possibly stress-induced. You should consider a yoga or meditation class or something like that, which was pretty unusual at the time. Now I live in California and there's a yoga studio every block, it seems like. But, you know, 30 years ago, it wasn't that common. And I was lucky to find a good meditation class. There's a lot of different types of meditation. What I happened to find was a chakra meditation class. And the chakras are energy centers that come from different spiritual and energy medicine traditions. And I had a lot of interesting experiences, but most importantly, after a period of time, the stomach aches and headaches did dissipate. So it was very powerful practice for me. And over time then that made me curious about what had actually occurred, why this helped. And that started this other learning path that eventually resulted in a shift in career many years later. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So before we jump into the techniques, how is life different? How is life different after that and now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah after you applied these tools, what changed? I became you, a you less... Told me that your stomach yeah. got better, but yeah. 
Why exactly? That's a great question, right? Well, and, and before before why, like, but what what changes do you see evident in your life? I became less reactive. I became that is partially what any kind of meditation is training for to create some distance between the thought, emotions, even physical response that you might instinctually or habitually have when something happens that feels threatening or anxiety producing in some way. And chakra or energy center meditation in particular also helps you bring forward another feeling. You can learn to actually cultivate the feeling of calm in your body. And it takes practice, but once you do, you can begin to bring that into life situations. And so it creates space between whatever's happening around you that starts to get your nervous system revved up, you shorten your breathing, all of those things that happen under stress, this can help reverse that stress response and induce the relaxation response. So you became less reactive. What other changes have you noticed? Over time, more grounded in my body, I think often what happens with stress and anxiety, we really rise up, we tense up, we talk about tense shoulders, right, all of this stuff. From an energy body perspective, our energy rises up. Often we start spinning in our mind. In terms of energy body practices, it means we're sort of off our foundation. Our energy body is built like a house. We need a strong foundation. So learning how to bring your energy down and really ground in your body is really important. What's really happening is you're settling your nervous system. You're helping Mm -hmm. your nervous system to anchor. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that's really becoming more embodied, more aware of my body. And that has a whole bunch of other health benefits, right? Because when you're tuned into your body, you catch things early. You notice what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, well, I come from a medical background, uh, mm-hmm. being, an, being a psychiatrist. I did not learn about, you know, energy sciences in my school or in my residency, although now I'm an integrative psychiatrist, so I utilize all the tools that are available to help people heal better, faster. And so for, for people who may not know what this energy body is or, you know, I I talk about mindfulness and you also mentioned mindfulness. So it would really help us to know what this energy body is. And when you're talking about grounding the energy body, how is it related to the uh, mindfulness that people know about? Yeah, yeah. Well, energy body teachings really come from two different traditions. There's spiritual traditions and yoga is actually a part of that to some extent, although yoga has kind of, it's taught in the West very separate from that. They also, and then they come through energy medicine traditions and chakra, which a lot of people may have heard that word, which are energy centers in the body. That's specifically a Sanskrit word. So it comes from ancient India. However, there really have been energy body mappings that have come to us from all over the world and uh, and all different cultures. And I think what's fascinating is how similar they are, right? And I think in all of them, the energy body is really presented, it's, it's kind of this interface between our physical body and our psyche and our spirit, if you believe in that, right? And at the physical body level, the different energy centers or chakras correspond to different physical symptoms, right? So they correspond and different glands too. Those are considered the two links. Each each chakra links to a primary gland in our body. Yeah. So before you go into the detail, detail, you just said it's a level in between your body and your psyche. 
Yeah. So can you can you explain that a little bit? So like we talk about body, which is mm-hmm. physical, which is evident. And of course, I'm a psychiatrist, so I treat mind, yes. which is not visible, but I describe it as the software that runs the hardware of the body and mind. And so where does this energy body fit in that yeah. understanding? Yeah. So it's really like in between those two. And if you think about how we experience either our body or our mind, right? Emotions often are the link in terms of we really do experience emotions physically, somatically in our body once Mm -hmm. you start tuning into it. And there's there's an energy to that, like anger. If you were to describe that, it's this intensity. uh, Maybe you think of it as red, you know, versus calm, right? Maybe you think of that as, you know, pink or light blue or like that. And and you feel it in your body, in different places in your body. I mean, for me, literally, I felt stress in my stomach as mm-hmm. a pain, right? Uh, and it's the same with the thoughts that we have, et cetera, when we're working with our emotional body. So our energy body is really linked into our emotions and they help us really start to notice vibrationally how we feel things in our body and also the patterns that we have at the thought level, right? That that may be habitual, our habitual reactions to certain kinds of situations, which we work with psychologically, right? In talk therapy and things like that, uh, sort of the, the energetic underpinnings of that, what happens in our energy body and our body. So when you're working with your energy body, when you're focusing there, you could you can benefit both physically and psychologically. It's to mm-hmm. me, it's kind of the center of working holistically for people who resonate with it. Some people don't, right? I, I'm one who believes like not every method is for everybody. You need to find what works for you. Many of my trauma clients are in talk therapy. They may also be in psychiatric medication in addition to utilizing these tools. And, and some are not. So that's really up to them. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I'm understanding is that it's that vibration, that mm-hmm. energy that either communicates the heart effect on the body or body's effect on the thought and I, I think every all of us kind of feel that at, at different mm-hmm. times but it's not kind of very clear in our culture understanding mm-hmm. of what energy body is and how it works so enlighten us teach us some tools that may help us get better faster especially when it comes to stress and overwhelm day-to-day stressors as well as stress because of some past trauma that may be stuck in our body. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about, there's a lot of different mappings of the energy body. And I'm going to talk about the one that has become maybe the most well-known, the chakra mapping, the one that if you go to yoga, you may see a picture of it on the wall and all of that. That is based on the model of seven primary energy centers that parallel the spine, kind of from our tailbone all the way up the center of our body to the crown of our head. And each of those seven centers corresponds to different physical symptoms, systems in our body, a gland, and different psychological or emotional states. So I think the one I'll start with is the root chakra, the first chakra, because it is very relevant to stress management. Physically, it corresponds to our tailbone. It's the base of our body. And of course, such an important part of our body foundation, our nervous system, our, you know, uh, structural system, the the gland that it corresponds to is the adrenals, right? So 
highly activated when we are feeling stress or anxiety. Adrenal gland is the one, the gland of attention when we work on, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, because adrenal gland produces the cortisol in response to stress. Mm -hmm. And so when the stress is really high for a long period of time, the cortisol level starts kind of malfunctioning. Either it is too high at night when we want to sleep or it's too low in the morning when we want to have energy. And so that's when we call adrenal fatigue. And so the adrenal gland mm -hmm. is the focus of attention uh, when we are working with the stress and burnout and secondary anxiety, depression. That is interesting. So you are saying that the first chakra mm -hmm. is kind of the bottommost chakra, tailbone chakra, on which I think I'm sitting right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we work on that chakra, we can improve our adrenal glands. Yes, we can achieve. Well, depends what's going on. So for some people, it might be adrenal under, like chronic fatigue syndrome is something that uh, I see a lot. It it's often corresponds to past trauma. Or if there is habitual stress, it's adrenal, you know, over overdrive, hyperactive. Either way, working with the root chakra can help to bring balance. And mm -hmm. from the perspective of like, if we were to take a snapshot of your energy body when you're under stress, most people, they rise up, their energy rises up here and they're kind of off their foundation. So if you think of a tree, the model really for a balanced chakra system is a tree that has deep roots mm -hmm. and then also has big branches. If you have big branches, mean you're, you're up here, you have a lot going on, your mind's very busy, could be very powerful, in fact, your mind, right? But you don't have the corresponding depth of root structure. If a wind comes through, you're falling over, right? That's essentially yeah. what's happening with stress. So the root chakra is about building that energetic foundation and really bringing your energy down, your attention in your body, your actual focus down into your body, all the way to the base of your body. And then there's different visuals that we might do there and breathing techniques to correspond with either soothing that part of your body or stimulating it in the case of fatigue or affirmations. I work a lot with affirmations. So just focusing on that part of the body, visualizing light there and doing visualizations like I am safe in this moment, right? I am anchored in my body in this moment practicing those and you can create a kind of snapshot memory if you practice that just as a mini mindfulness meditation for a few minutes a day in a safe space you can get to a place eventually where during the day if you notice you're rising up you're becoming stressed you can say that affirmation or even just focus on your tailbone and you'll have an energetic memory in a way that helps begin to settle you back down all right. So let's see, taking me as an example, I'm going in the morning to evening, seeing patients back and forth or seeing patients one after the other, not even back mm -hmm. and forth, just one after the other. And if I start feeling that my body is getting tense, how do I do this meditation? How do I just, I should sit down in a corner and focus well, on breathing or walk me through, make yeah. it more so that I can do it when, when I really need it. Yeah. Ideally, initially, you're practicing it outside of your day okay. for a few minutes. So let's say that you've been doing that. So then that practice. Like what, what would walk me through? What should I do? So let's say morning is my meditation yeah. time or my reflection time. 
yeah. what should I do to incorporate this meditation within my routine? Welcome. Yeah. So let's, you want me to guide you right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can settle for a moment and feel the base of your body. So feel your sit bones, mm -hmm. perhaps your tailbone on your cushion. Mm -hmm. You can close your eyes or just lower them. Whatever helps you feel as if you're coming into your body. And then gradually bring your focus down. Imagine it's moving from your brain down through your chest, through your stomach, all the way down to your tailbone. And visualize here a gentle white light that is activating this connection between your energy body and your physical. And I'm just going to have you do some affirmations, which you can do out loud or not. That's up to you. Yeah. Since we will do this a little quicker than obviously <laughs> yeah. you'd spend some time there, pulling your mind back every time it wanders back down to your tailbone, taking a breath and just affirm in this moment, I am safe. I'm safe. I am present in my body. I'm present in my body. I am centered in my wisdom. I'm centered in my wisdom. I am present. I'm present. I am calm. I'm calm. And each time, just really bring your awareness down to your root chakra. And I recommend doing this at least five minutes or so at first, once a day, right? And then imagining that that light is then spreading throughout your body. And then you sort of take a memory of this, right? Okay. And that memory is what you're going to use on the spot. Maybe you just have 10 seconds between your clients. Maybe you get to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, whatever you've got, you take a breath. You flash on that light on your tailbone. You pick one of the affirmations and your memory will allow you to shift faster. So maybe initially you don't feel relaxed at all when you do the meditation, right? Eventually you do, but it takes 10 minutes. Then it takes two minutes. And eventually you get to the place where you are able to shift your energy downward as soon as you notice it. I'm not going to pretend that that happens overnight. But it does happen with practice. Like anything else, you can retrain your mind and body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. So some of the pictures that I've seen, you know, the chakras, they're kind of going circles. Mm. So are you suggesting that we focus on just that one tip of the tailbone? Or are you focusing on like this whole circle going around around. for this i was keeping it simple and just visualizing light there there are other types of meditations where you focus more on the movement either the upward flow or circle within the chakra a lot of those actually have to do more with the spiritual practices okay. than with the energy medicine practices which are more about activating the connection to the body with the root chakra, other ones that I sometimes do is imagining the earth is emanating up kind of a protective bowl that you're sitting in. Mm -hmm. Now that takes a little bit more time to 
build up that visual, but it gives you more of that sense of really anchoring and that you're feeling protected. In terms of the elements, the chakras are also each linked to the elements. The first chakra at that tailbone is linked to earth, the earth element and our physical body, right? Uh, yeah. 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 So wonderful. So your major tool that we are learning today is to doing this meditation in our morning time or evening time, whatever our reflection time is. Is there a specific time you recommend or any time of the day? Yeah, I do think for most people, it's most, most effective to build it into your morning routine. Mm -hmm. But I always say it's better to do it than not. So <laughs> if it's going to be in your car during your lunch break or, you know, at, then fine. Whatever is realistic for your life. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. All right. So that is one tool. Any other tool we can practice? Yeah. A couple more that come to mind when you mentioned your own day, right, where you're moving between clients, sort of similar to mine. Sometimes we need to sort of clear out. It's like let go of the, the last moment, come into the, the present. Also, the idea of boundaries and both boundaries and sort of moving forward are linked to the navel center. So the center that is linked to our physical navel or just below it. This is linked to the fire element. So I like to use the image of a flame, like a little candle flame just inside your belly below your navel. In Tai Chi and Qigong and some other Chinese-based systems, that's linked to the Dantian, right? And others link it to personal power. So it's this center that's really linked to like centering, focus, uh, moving forward, and also clearing out. Fire is a clearing element. If, you, if you've picked up emotions from people around you, if the last conversation is still lingering, you focus on fire in your belly mm -hmm. as, a, as a clearing and centering mechanism. Hmm. So that's a very good one to do between sessions. And it has to do with boundaries, mm -hmm. which I think for women can be particularly important, you know. So, so yeah, t tell me a bit more because it's intriguing. Yeah. So is, it, is the navel like second chakra? Or it's actually, I'm working with it as the third. So the second is in our womb space. The third is sometimes shown higher at the solar plexus. And really that whole kind of digestive area, you might say, is is the third chakra area. And I prefer to have people focus on the bottom part of that chakra as opposed to the top okay. for this particular thing, boundaries. Okay. So that that, yeah. that is very intriguing. I'm having so many questions and I'm sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Audience <laughs> have all these questions coming up in their mind too. So can you just kind of name all the chakras first? So the yeah. first one is the, what is it called? Root chakra. Root chakra. And the yeah. second one? Sacral chakra in your okay. womb space. Okay. And yeah. the third one is the navel. I call it navel. Some people do solar plexus. It's the same thing. Okay. It's more a matter of you focus on the bottom or the top of that range. Okay. All right. So root chakra. Sacral. Sacral chakra. Solar or, or navel. navel. Mm -hmm. What's the fourth one? Heart. The Heart. center of the system. Okay. Fifth one. Throat. Throat. Sixth. Third eye. So the midpoint of the brow, just above the the midpoint of the brow. Okay. And the seventh? Crown, which is associated with the rear fontanel in our head. So not the very top of your head, but a little towards the back. It's the yeah. fontanel. Yeah. One of those two fontanels that a baby, it's still open on the skull. It's that rear fontanel okay. is the crown. Okay. All right. So those are the seven chakras. 
And the energy medicine concept is that there is an energy body that it consists of these seven chakras. These seven chakras would be part of the central channel of that energy body. They are like the spine, you might say. Okay. Yeah. And so, so energy body also has hands and legs and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically a parallel of the whole body, but in mm -hmm. form of the, of the energy. Mm -hmm. And the main spine is the, what, what did you call it? The, the central channel, which runs parallel sort of right up the center of the body. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so we don't have time to go into all the details, but right today we are focusing on if you want to use some of these energy practices for managing your stress or breaking that stress cycle as it's building through the day. Mm -hmm. I really love the, the exercise that you just showed or shared with us about imagining a fire or candle or something mm -hmm. right in the space where by your navel mm -hmm. and and what do you say to yourself when you're trying to do that yeah it depends what you primarily need in that moment if you're feeling very frenetic your mind is maybe become very scattered uh -huh. which is often what happens to be in stress it's different for each person then this is this centering fire you might actually originally visualize it as kind of blowing in the wind and then okay. you're centering it and saying, I am centered, I am focused, and you're pulling yourself back down into this center of your personal power, really, is what that is. For other people, boundaries are more of an issue, meaning they're empathic. They feel as if they, they just had an encounter with an angry or depressed person. They start feeling that emotion themselves, right? Yeah. And if that's your issue, you imagine the flame is actually like burning that energy off of you. It's, mm. it's like a purifying fire mm. and you focus on, I'm in my own energy, my own emotions, that is not mine. So these are the two quick ways that I would use that navel fire in my day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so important. And, you know, people like me in kind of caring field, when we are caring for others, you know, um, not just the field, but like, you know, as, as parents, as caretakers, you're mm -hmm. kind of constantly trying to help other people. And many times we take on their energy. Mm -hmm. And so this phrase is being used a lot, but, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't make full sense because we don't know the whole concept. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to take on other people's energy when we say mm -hmm. that? So you could just observe that someone is sad and you can be compassionate, right? And walk away from that conversation and feel for them, but not start feeling that energy yourself. To take it on means you actually are brought down. You start mirroring that emotion. And when it's most problematic is when you're not aware that you've done it, right? You're right. sitting next to someone on the bus that you didn't even talk to. And they were angry, but you didn't know it. And you get off and you're all of a sudden irritable and you don't know why, right? We have these shifts throughout our day. And for many people, especially women, because we are more conditioned in a way to connect to other people's emotions and feel responsible for them, we can have unconscious patterns around taking those on. It often also is exacerbated if someone had a childhood in which perhaps they had an alcoholic or abusive parent that they develop this pattern as a child of trying to mm -hmm. manage their their own safety mm -hmm. or their parents so there's all these all these different mm -hmm. situations that can make someone even more likely to have this pattern of taking on other people's yeah. emotions yeah so how do you become aware of that you are taking on 
Yeah. Well, it's really about, it, it depends how devoted someone wants to be. I mean, if someone really comes to me and they feel as if their emotions or their physical body is always going through those shifts and they don't know why, initially I am going to suggest a journal for uh, a week or two of tracking your emotional shifts mm -hmm. and what just occurred and see if the, you can find links. Now, often mm -hmm. there's many other links. So it's complicated because yeah. our nutrition, right, can impact yeah. this, yeah. our sugar cycles, caffeine. But you can begin to sort of figure out to what extent, maybe it's just certain people in your life, regardless of how the conversation goes, it always impacts you a certain way, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's so fascinating and interesting. Maybe we need to meet again. And, and sure, I'd love to. <laughs> Like, you know, let's kind of wrap up for our audience today. Sure. What would be your take-home message or best advice mm -hmm. for our audience today? To be open to the idea of energy-based practices. They're not all woo-woo. There are some very mindfulness, body-based practices that you can work with that could really be beneficial. Wonderful, wonderful. And so if people want to learn more about you and your work, can they reach you? My website is enlightenedenergetics.com. That's E-N, light, L-I-G-H-T-E-N-E-D, enlightened, and then energetics, E-N-E-R-G-E-T-I-C-S.com. Wonderful, wonderful. So I invite you guys to check out some of the work Lisa has been doing, and she's been gracious to share one of gifts with us. Um, it's called Understanding Your Feminine Energy Body. So can you tell in a sentence or two, Lisa, what would they get when they download this gift? Yeah, this is talking about energy practices in relationship to women's different life phases, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, and different techniques you might use to help you in those particular phases of life. Mm -hmm. So the energy body keeps changing through these Yes, phases. it does. Just like the physical wonderful wonderful yeah i can't wait to read that and if you uh, our listeners you want to download this uh, gift you can go to happyandhealthymind.com and press the button called resources and you'll be able to download this and other resources that our guests share on our program and if you are in us and you would like to send, get the link via text please text the word joyful j-o-y-f-u-l to the number 38470 and we'd be happy to send you the link for these, this resource and future programs. And so let me leave you on this note today. Every day is a new day, new opportunity to make changes, to improve yourself. Even if you make 1% change, you can keep getting better and better and better. Today we learned some tools of how to break your daily stress cycle using some of these energy techniques that would help you break the cycle of becoming more and more stressed and anxious if you take this time to get yourself grounded to be in the present moment you may see that your adrenals would start functioning better and you'd be able to prevent yourself from getting having the stress developing into burnout or anxiety or depression. So what is one small change you are going to make? Are you going to start practicing this? If, you, if, you're, if you're going to practice this, what time are you going to practice this? 
research shows that if you identify a goal and you say, oh, I'll do it sometime, it doesn't happen. But if you identify when you're going to do it, write it down that you're going to do it, you're more likely to be able to do it. So I invite you to practice and see if it makes a difference in your ability to function at your best and feel calm and content in your life. On that note, stay safe, happy and healthy. Until next time, Dr. Rosina. And thank you, Lisa Erickson, for joining us today. Thank you so much and for the work you're doing.